All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plushcare plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify plus they accept most insurance plans to get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good afternoon, everybody. From a strangely cold little brick in the center of Edmonton, down in the River Valley, it is the Real Life Podcast, brought to you by Righand Distilleries. Good, good friends, good rum, good brum, good vodka, the whole thing. What's going on, boys? It's your friends Wanye and Jay, the Squire, and Bag Milk, and Nation Dan, and there's only four people in the room this week, and it feels like it's empty. Yeah. I was going to say, this is the emptiest it's been in a while. Yeah. It's normally standing room only. Yeah. There's usually people drinking and doing all manner of things, and today is going to be a nice, civilized chat between nice, civilized people. I like how you. I'm going to jump in on the word civilized. So I listened to last week's podcast, which was amazing because we had such an awesome guest, which we'll talk a little bit more, obviously, Brendan Davidson, or Davey now, as we call him. I listened to that podcast, and uh, uh, once again, I must have said fuck about 100 times on that podcast. You're passionate, though. I was passionate. They were, they were passionate. Fuck, I, was, I, was, I, I was issuing like a term of endearment statement at the end of it to him, like thanking him and being yeah. like really appreciative of all that stuff. And I must have said fuck like eight times in that statement alone. I was like, Jesus, Jay. So Yukon Jack texted me, not to make you vulnerable, and he said, boys, the audio is not getting any better. Yeah, and Jay hasn't stopped swearing, <laughs> and true. you do not have your mouth towards the mic. Why? So I am talking into the mic, and 
I can only give three fucks this show, and that's one doesn't count. Wow, that's that's fair. That's fair. That's fair because yeah. I was literally, I think I was in triple digits. Over a hundred F. I don't know. It, I, it'd be it'd be fun to go back and count, but it was like I was maybe just trying to. Oh, Davey's my boy. Just yeah, dress yeah, yeah. chat. Just yeah, F bunker everywhere. Talk, Trump. So uh, yeah, apologies for that, but uh, I'm gonna try to clean it up again. Probably mesmerized by Davey's excellent hair, Wanya. Oh, great flow. You know, he was an interesting dude. Like, this isn't in my mind being recorded, and it's in cap- I mean, possible to listen to, so I'll never know what was said, but. I don't recall any... I was really surprised at how open he was. Very forthcoming. Candid. Yeah. And, you know, we stuck around here probably till 10 o'clock that night, chilling at Little Brick, eating scones, having a glass of water. And I was impressed with how he remained that way afterwards. Like Brandon Davidson, for my estimation, is like a very stand-up dude. Totally. Like, he did not have to come on the podcast and do this and did not have to be... You know, so candid. He could have just give us all the canned responses under the sun, like you know most pro athletes do in an interview. It was funny because he there was a somebody I think Chalmers asked him about signing in Chicago, yeah, and he went into athlete mode, yeah, right in his interview, like, yeah. well, you got to have all your best opportunities and you got to give a hundred percent. And I was like, oh no, it's becoming a normal interview, yeah. And then it swung back. Like I think we did a few things well last week. I think one thing of chatting beforehand loosened yeah. him up, yeah. We right. chatted for like, well, we had to start recording it because it was just, we're, our chats were so good. Yeah. Well, and that's why, like, it was a very unstructured podcast, even by our standards. Looking over at Nation Dan, he's nodding sagely. Uh, but I was just scared to cut him off because he was spitting hot fire at all times. Yeah, let the boy, let the man talk. He was wanting to share the stories. And he, like, the fact that he, he got into the, uh, why he didn't sign the PTO in Edmonton. Yeah. Like, he had... He didn't have to do that, but he did, and he felt like he had. To. He felt like, like he he came in actually into this after you know a little three hour fireside post podcast with him, saying that like that like he wanted to share that story, like he thought it was important that people heard that. So I thought that was super cool. Well, yeah, because he was also talking about how Oilers fans were giving it to him a little bit on social media, so yeah. it was important for him to get it out there. Well, bump Mike, sorry, Dan. It was important for him to get that out there. Why he didn't sign a PTO when he signed a PTO in Chicago afterward. Yeah, I thought he was incredible in the sense that he didn't give us anything like we can't talk about this. We can't talk about that. Don't talk about this. Don't bring this up. He didn't do any of that. No, he came down and he just settled in and away we went. It was cool, too, how at the end, like, I I, I think he enjoyed himself. That's what she said. And and he's going to, like, recommend directly other players to come on the show. Yeah. We all got bro hugs when it ended. He had a good time. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was DMing with him a little bit the following a couple of days later. Yeah. He was just curious kind of like what the feedback was like because he deleted, deleted his Twitter, which I admire. I admire that, yeah. Um, so he was just curious what the feedback was like and he was kind of blown away by the response and how actually into the interview people were, how excited they were that he was just being as open as he was. Yeah. It was, it was a really, really solid afternoon. If we can do shows like that one in three, yeah. our eight listeners will become 10. Yeah, easily. Like, I had four separate people tweet at me saying, I really liked that show. And by my estimate, that is four more people than I knew were listening. Yeah, because now it's funny that you say that every show because now I notice that the screen caps are going your way. I'm listening to the show and, like, we get tagged in Instagram and stuff, too. I love it. Because that's actually two great guests in a row. Because no slouch, Dr. Bill Hansen the yeah, week no, before. No, no, no. Yeah. He was awesome as well. So 
I think we're kind of getting in a rhythm here, boys. Well, and I think it kind of played into like, in my mind, what we were doing was, you know, Jay's on the show now, Bag Milk, you're here. We brought in Chalmers, who, I, first of all, I love the fact he showed up drunk. I love that. <laughs> he rolled in here with a Slurpee, and yeah. when he sat down beside me, he was like, okay. Oh, and he left okay. the cup here down by the couch, and like the next day I smelled it, and like I was secondhand drunk off of it. But I like that. Like my, The highlight for me of the podcast was Brandon Davidson about to tell us stories about the nudes with racehorses, and Chalmers coming in <laughs> and being like, my uncle says there's only three ways to get ra-. Like You're not going to hear an interview anywhere <laughs> was- where the guy interrupts the guest like that talks but i think that's cool right? oh yeah i know i get because while we were doing it i was like getting like stressed and i'm like god damn it chalmers but then i listened to him like yeah. holy shit didn't use an f-bomb that was entertaining it was and i i have some i have a, a listener who dms me on twitter and said like don't ever talk about me on the air so i won't but uh he's just like i enjoyed the fact that you could hear that there was a conversation going on and like when you guys were ripping each other davidson was laughing like it seemed like he came into a conversation of a bunch of buddies. And yeah. like that, for me, is exactly what we want real life to turn yeah. into. We want it to be a conversation of a bunch of idiots, and one of the idiot happens to be yeah. whoever it happens to be yeah. that week. Yeah, Dave even ripped uh, Chalmers once because yeah. <laughs> Chalmers asked, asked a really cryptic question. What was <laughs> it, about the football pool? Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, and uh, Dave was like, what the hell? And like, we had to like kind of like, we kind of picked up on what he was saying. We were trying to like walk yeah. it out of what the, Chalmers actually meant. And, uh, yeah, Davey ripped him for it, which I thought was great. Because, yeah, exactly. It was just like, literally, it was just five guys on microphones with an entourage of 300 people around them yeah. just having a conversation. Well, and, I, and Chalmers has every right to speak just as much as Davidson does. Oh, of course. Right? And that's the thing I think is, like, fun about yeah. it, right? Is it, It's like on the, the Nation website. Everybody's font is the same size, right? Everybody has just as much right to talk about yeah. anything as anybody else. And I like the fact that Chalmers oh, has so the good. nuts. Because that's how he is in real life, Bag Milk, right? Yeah. Like, the reason why... He I've, finally showed up. Yeah. Well, I told... Like, coming drunk wasn't the worst move in the world. But, like, that's the guy Chalmers has always been. Like, Chalmers isn't depressed by anybody. He isn't impressed by anything. He would be the guy to cut off an active NHL player and tell him what he thinks about racehorses. And he won't care. Like, if the nuge does come here, when we'll work on all sorts... All manner of guests... Chalmers will be the exact same guy. I just think that's so fu- funny. Like, yeah, that horse race thing was amazing. And also, like, Chalmers would, Chalmers would ask him a question and then cut him off and answer it himself. <laughs> oh, that's how I interviewed Jordan Eberle, and that thing got zero stars on iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. No, it was good. It was like you said, Juan, you, that's a conversation you would have, you know, you know, when you're out for dinner or whatever, and there's no mics on. Yeah. We just happen to have mics on. And I think that it goes away from the st- canned static answers that players are always giving and it's a lot more uh no one's talking down to anybody and that's like my my big beef with mainstream media is how they talk down to fans as though fans don't know anything yeah and there are fans out there as we've seen bag milk in our eleven thousand years of doing this that are way more knowledgeable than any hockey insider in terms of their takes on things there's a lot of idiots but there's also people out there that have a lot of gold and i think that uh you know charles has every right in the world to cut off brandon davidson and he added a lot to the show and like you guys said like he literally like hugged all of us after that like He, and said, I'm going to tell other players. Yeah, like he thoroughly enjoyed it. It's like, it was just that intimate because like he opened up, talked about everything. Like We what, weren't even sure if he was going to talk about his, his whole cancer thing, and he got into like detail even about that. We actually specifically said we weren't going to bring it up. Yeah, yeah. we said, yeah, and he, he brought it up and ran with it. It's yeah. good. And referred How the, about and, Mac T? Oh. Yeah, Mac T. Like, one of the things I feel is lost in the real rebellion against the boys on the bus by fans, and they're right to do it, is like, I've never heard a bad word about Mac T. Yeah. Mac T 
flying down to Oklahoma City. And it's not even an NHL defenseman. And it's flying an, his dad down. Flying his dad down, amazing. But Mac T going down there himself to sit with him in chemo is remarkable. Yep. And I don't think Mac T gets enough praise for being a good dude. Why do you think... I mean, I know the answer, but why do you think the organization doesn't kind of casually leak that stuff up? Because that's what ignorance is, right? Ignorance isn't, well, we're going to ignore bad news about us, but pump out a bunch of good stuff. Ignorance is just, we're not talking about anything ever. We don't have an obligation to fans to really give them any sort of, you know, I think the reason why Oilers fans are so mad, such large portions of the fan base are mad, Edmontonians and Oilers fans at large were like blue collar people. Yeah. And all we want is the direct goods. We just want to, we just want accountability and a fair conversation. Yep. And I don't think the Oilers organization has ever in its 40 years it's this year really leveled with Oilers fans. There's been no accountability of like, you know what? Like, did you see the letter from Nicholson this year? Yeah. It's trying to be transparent. Yeah. But it's like the CAA talking about area 51. There's like, Oh, it exists. Like, I'm not going to tell you anything beyond that. Like, huh. we're frustrated. We have a plan, but we're never actually going to break that plan down. Huh. And if anyone dares question us, you know, and that's on the good news side of things and the bad news side huh. of things. Why do you think the others never let good news fall out like that? I just don't think they, they reveal anything, like you said. Huh. Good or bad, it's just this is our media plan. This is what we're going to do. And that's all we're going to do. We actually talked about Nicholson's letter on Friday on the brand new Oilers Nation radio podcast, Wanye. Holla! Can I come on that ever? Of course. Cool. We compared it to, do you remember when the Rangers tweeted out a long letter to their fans that they were going to rebuild and that they screwed things up? Mm. And we were comparing the two. And it's interesting, like the transparency, the ownership of issues that the the Rangers did was really incredible. And then I just kind of like... We're going through Nicholson's letter, and I'm just kind of chuckling to myself, like, okay. Yes, last year went bad, but why is that? Whose fault is that? Yeah. Say it's our fault. Yeah. yeah. You know what and I mean? Like, There's nothing wrong with owning up to a mistake or owning up to anything in general, really, and I don't think the others do a good job of any of that. I don't like that the word frustration is in the letter to season ticket holders. I don't want to see the, like, we've made some mistakes, we're working on them, like, we feel the frustration. Like, why don't you just make that the hashtag for the year? Why yeah. don't we just call it frustration18 and see what happens? <laughs> so frustration. Just, uh, <laughs> just in case no one's listened to the uh, Brendan Davidson I podcast. guarantee no one has. No, well, it's actually crushing. We know that. We've seen the download, so it's 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 been a very well-received episode. But in the event no one has, the MACT thing that you had mentioned uh, in Davidson's story, just to kind of – because I'm told sure. we need to recap things sure. better sure. and uh, bring people up to speed. I was also told we need to say fuck 400% more. Yeah, that's uh, – not me today. Only three, <laughs> and we're at zero. Uh, was The MACT thing was was Davidson. We was talking about his, uh, his cancer scare that he had. Uh, the minute he got diagnosed uh, and through all the treatment – Mac T actually covered all of the uh, medical bills uh, on behalf of the Oilers. On behalf of the yeah. Oilers, uh, and also set made, like set up the minute the diagnosis ha- uh, happened. Like got his dad on a plane, sent him down to OKC, and then went down visited him as well. It's just for context for people in the event they haven't heard that one yet. But I recommend that you listen to last week's show because it is fucking amazing. Ah, that's what. <laughs> it's two hours you definitely won't regret spending listening to, you know, like the guy, not just the, the cancer thing, the Oilers thing, his story from start to now is pretty incredible. Unreal. Like his climb, unreal. Like just, it, it it's actually amazing. Like it's, just being unnoticed all the way through and just him just being like, well, I just, 
I thought I could do it. So I just put my head down in this camp and just put my head down in that camp and just thought I could do it and just rose all the way to the, the show. It's insane. I like underdogs, right? I like people who have been, you know, underestimated their entire lives and find a way to rise above. Those are, that's the profile of people who go really, really far in life. Yeah. You know, people who have all of the hype in the world and then don't live up to that. They'll always be in their own heads, right? Yeah. That's why, like, you'll see like very few first round players who didn't live up to first round expectations have good grinder careers, right? It's yep. guys who didn't think they'd be in the league and then barely made it into the yeah, league. They got and that then, chip, yeah. yeah. Brandon had that at every level. Every level. Like, every level. Going to olds, you know, from Tabor's, like, well, I don't know if I'm going to make this team. I liked when he said, like, I, I was homesick and left. Like, I respected yeah. the candor. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I, I just left last week's podcast in like such a bittersweet state, like sweet on the fact of like, this was a good show. And like, we just interviewed an amazing guy, but bitter the fact that he's not an oiler. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dan put out a teaser where he talked about all he wanted to do was play for the Oilers, make the team win the cup here. And uh, that what that specific clip kind of blew up went everywhere because that was the kind of thing that, Sure, you have a guy say that when they're on the team, like, I'm come here to win the Stanley Cup. I've or, never heard an active oiler say that. Have you say, heard anybody say they're coming here to win the Cup? Perhaps Connor. Connor, yeah. Connor did. But to have him say it when he's not even with the organization anymore, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty incredible. That's what just killed me. Oh, hit me right in the feels. Well, and it's making me angry again now that I'm thinking about it because fucking, like, I didn't say drop yeah, that many no, F-bombs. Yeah, just me. No, you're good. Fucking Shirelli <laughs> is... Saying to Brandon Davidson, we need to look at what your game is like. Again, he goes over this all in last week's episode. But we need to see what your game is like. So here's a PTO. Bro, I was drafted here and I've been in your organization for seven years. Just makes me angry all over yeah. again. Okay, well, let's take a break. I got my timer on this week. Nation Dan, you're going to see some structure today, boy. We'll be right back after this real life podcast. Have you got holes to dig, earth to pack, and roads to build? Then you need to call Jabba Machinery Group. Does your equipment need a service? You can't fix stupid, but here at Jabba Machinery Group, we can fix everything else. With a full range of parts to keep your equipment running smoothly, Jabba Machinery Group is a family-operated and Alberta-grown business. Here to help build a bigger and better Western Canada. Give us a call or visit us at jabbamachinery.com. Jabba Machinery Group, join the family. And we're back, Real Life Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Jappa Machinery. Bag Milk, I heard that you had an interaction with one of the heads of Jappa last week at the golf tournament. At the ON Golf Tournament on Thursday, second year this year, great time, but I'm doing my tours. I'm in the golf cart, cruising around. Are you identifying yourself as the bagged milk? No, 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 no. Of course. I don't know how you do a tour and not talk. That's why I didn't go to the golf tournament. (laughs) Well, actually, you know what? It kind of came out like the drunker I get in the day, then it it comes out. But you know what? I'm touring around, going to see the Jappa table. Great pens at the Jappa table, though. I have to say, I'm a big pen guy. Quality equipment, quality service. That's right. And I find out that our friend Marin... Friend of the show. I know she's listening right now. She's one of eight. I was chirping her all afternoon because I found out she lives in Bonacord. I am also from a small town near Bonacord. And geographically, we've got beef now. Sure. And I just want all the people to know she is representing a terrible shithole town. Wow. I learned something new about you. Go ahead. That you probably didn't use against Marin in your argument because you're not like this. If anyone ever said I'm from Bonacord and I was from Legal, or so I pronounce it legal, and your dad was the mayor for 10 years. My dad was come, the mayor. How have mayor I known Bay you? Milk? I've known you for 10 years. How have you not brought this up? I would lead with that. Mayor Milk for 10 years. Probably I was like three. I was a young, young, 
Young you dairy like, product. Were you? <laughs> what's uh? So if you're, you're the bag Marshall milk the and your parades. dad is mare milk, what's is he? What preface of milk is he? Is he condensed milk? Yeah, I would is say he, so. No, he's straight from the cow. I don't know. Unprocessed, unpasteurized, unpasteurized milk. milk. What right. were the perks of being the son? Can we reveal you're a man? Is that getting too far into your identity? <laughs> How dare you? What was it like being the son of the mayor growing up? Uh, Were there any perks? Honestly, I had no idea. I was like five. Uh, Dad was never home. Uh He worked a day job. Uh Come home. Mare some stuff. Was he wearing a sash and a top hat at all Oh, of course. He was always wearing a sash. (laughs) Always a nice corduroy suit. Nice. Oh, very nice. Big mustache at the time. Come on. As was the style in the day. Of course. And still is forever. Yeah. Always. So, yeah, he was the mayor. So, it's ingrained in me to hate communities like Bon Accord. But surely you got to be like in a parade or you got 10% off at the local <laughs> registry when you renewed your license plate. Free like, postage. Yeah. Every year in, oh, I want to say, it just passed, so I want to say August. Every year in August, they do Fete de Village in Legal, which is like the town's birthday. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. they have like, Gregor was out there this year for the Smash Up Derby. Oh, he loves that thing. Oh, yeah. Loves the His Smash Up Derby. His son loves yeah. Smash up Who derby. doesn't love a smash up derby? Oh, Cars the insurance industry. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> Dan, did you hear that one? That was a good one. But it's funny, right? Like all these people in Legout, like they, I guarantee they're collecting cars now for next year. And they're doing all the repairs needed to make it worthy of the derby, like taking out mirrors and windows and all that kind of thing. The only perk I can really remember is that we had a designated spot for the parade. Uh, in balls. the parade or to sit and watch the parade? My dad was in the parade. Yeah. I was not in the parade, right. but I had a designated spot where it was like right on the corner, right on the curb, prime candy catching spot. Nice. When they used to throw candy, I'm told they don't throw candy anymore, which is very upsetting. They can't. There's oh. edges on those things. That's right. You'll blind someone. And you'll poison the children. How was living with the Secret Service detail? Oh, it was fantastic. Intrusive? CSIS was always around, just kind of cruising the house, making sure everything was okay. Sleeping for bugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those bastards from Legal are trying to bug us again. Clearing out my internet cash, when, cash folder when I needed them to. Preventing you from downloading songs on LimeWire? Actually, you know what? I was thinking about my first ever, because I just finished watching the, uh, what's it called, with Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre. The Defiant Ones. I just finished watching it yesterday. Yeah. So they were talking about like when Napster first came out, and they're all like, oh, crap. Do you remember the first d- song you downloaded? Yes. What is it? Uh, Money Cash Hose by Jay-Z and DMX. And yeah. I remember that I turned on the... Because I was, I was early into this. I'm a giant nerd. And I was downloading on like just like an early peer-to-peer network before like LimeWire and Napster. I started downloading. I was in high school. I went to bed. I got up in the morning, went and checked on the song. It still hadn't finished downloading. I got home at the end of the day from school and had finished downloading. I burned it onto one CDR, <laughs> one, took it, put it in my truck, and was like, everything has changed. Yeah. Everything and for 48 hours, no one was allowed to call uh, Wanye Manor, apparently. Yeah. Phone line tied right up. Oh, boy. Yeah, there wasn't anything. We were downloading all the zeros and ones. What was your first song? It's embarrassing. Jay, do you remember? Oh, no. Mine was uh, How You Remind Me by Nickelback. Yeah. Oh. Super embarrassing. No, no. Hey, hey, hey. No. There's nothing wrong with Nickelback. There was a conversation on Twitter the other day. Somebody was talking about, like, name one of your most memorable times listening to music, and it came up the Game 7. Yeah. That gave Iconic. me... Start crying yes. thinking about that. I love Nickelback after oh, that. Wow, I wish I've I got a bunch of jams song. by them that I, like, I'm really into. I'm not one of those people that are like, oh, fuck Nickelback, but, like, your first ever download, I don't know. How you I remember, Jay, the, the, the era that you put Pure Shores on every single CD you if, made. Man, that could have been my first song, All Saints Pure Shores. Unbelievable. Probably, that or Juicy by Notorious. There was 10, 
10 CDs, I swear, you put Pure Shores on. Oh, it was on always it. on. You ended with Pure Shores, always on oh, your yeah, CD. Oh, yeah, it's great. I needed that song. Do you remember when you would download music and you wouldn't listen to the song before you burn it onto a CD oh. and you'd be driving down the street bumping your jams and then like it would scratch or screech in the middle and blow your eardrums out? Oh, yeah. I was always the other way. I was one of those people that if I had like, you know, 100 kilobytes downloaded, I'm just listening to whatever that gave me. If it was three oh, seconds. Oh, you couldn't wait till the end. No, 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 no. I have no patience for that. I need to know now. Yeah. Money Cash Hose is my first track. And like the Can I Get a Era by Jay-Z. That mm. was... Mm. Yeah, that's good Jay-Z era. Yeah. Great Jay-Z era. You hear the new Eminem album? I did. I did. Chalmers is not here today, but he was excited about it. Oh, he loves Eminem. What do you think? I don't know. We were listening to it today. Chalmers loves to break new rap albums yes. and declare them the next hotness. Yeah. And he's right about 10% of the time. <laughs> well, it's not like shocking that an Eminem album was well-received. Yeah. What I think is funny about the Eminem album is how he calls out all these rappers. And nobody wants beef with Eminem. Everybody looks at him as like an elder statesman. And there was one like unknown rapper he shouted out. And I saw the guy like crying on Instagram because Eminem knows who he is and stuff like that. And like everyone, was, like little pumps, like awesome. Do you see Machine Gun Kelly's response? Yeah, it's a good track. It was good, and he had some good burns in there, too. But it, it's a good burn, but still, he's still like, when he goes to like the bit about let's talk about it. I think I tagged you in it, Jay. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about how you're super rich. Let's talk about how you're sober and never leave the studio. Like, these are pretty mild burns. Like, you're sober and have your shit together, Eminem. <laughs> Does Eminem come back and shoot up Machine Gun Kelly, or do we see Eminem in a year when he comes up with a new album? Every single rapper that is sh- that is in beef with anybody is in on it. Like, without question. Like, the, the, the song that I thought was amazing, I don't know which one it is, but when he raps like Drake. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It just condenses every single Drake song into one Drake song, and then he raps like Drake. Like that's a pretty like subtle takedown of a guy, but I guarantee you Drake knows about it in advance. Oh, of course. Although I'm Turf still kind of sell bum- records. Or well, of course it does. I'm still bummed that records. Drake didn't come back and push a T though. Wow. Now, so I read a whole bunch. Can we talk about this in the podcast? Of course. No one's listening. It's real it's life. Fine. It's fine. So Jay, I don't know if you know this whole story, but like. Uh, Pusha T and Drake got into a huge thing where Drake was going to reveal he has a son and then Pusha T put out a diss track and told him about it. And it was talking about how the only person that was a bridge between those two was Kanye. So what ended up happening was Kanye played the new Drake album for Pusha T and explained to him that Drake had a kid. Yeah. And then Pusha T took it upon himself and went out and threw Drake under the bus. I don't think that was necessarily <laughs> like planned in advance. Yeah. So basically like Kanye like facilitated the snitch. It's so it's just so funny now that like like I just mentioned, I just finished watching the Defiant runs and they go through the whole Tupac thing and blah blah blah. Rap beef now is just it's it's not beef anymore. It's no, it's 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 soft. But what this what this Pusha T, Drake, whole thing. Do you know who Jay Prince is? Yeah. So Jay Prince, Jay's like this. He's like Suge Knight, but not quite as violent, but like super criminally connected, but also a very well-respected businessman. And lots of times when there's real beef between anybody, they call in Jay Prince. And Jay Prince comes in as like the OG and squashes everything. Okay. There was a rebuttal to Kanye from Drake's song. And Drake recorded it. And apparently... Whatever's on it is so bad that it was agreed by people that it was going to end Kanye's career. 
Like he would become a laughing stock. The rumor is that Drake has slept with Kim Kardashian, and there's a whole bunch of clues to it in his songs. And I watched, <laughs> I read a hundred tweets about it. It was a very good okay. thread. But whatever was on this song was so Jay Prince's son discovered Drake. Oh, and gave Drake to cash Degrassi money, fan. young money. Yeah, yeah, big Degrassi fan. So he's kind of signed to Jay. Like it's a complicated way how Drake works. Basically, Drake looks up to Jay Prince and Jay Prince's son, and. They came back to Drake and they're like, you cannot, for the good of the industry, put this rebuttal to this diss track out. So he took the song away. Ah, wow. So, you know. Well, it's, it's there for maybe one day. Well, there's, there's a lot of clues, right? Like there was a thread on Twitter about it and it was like laying out like somebody had gone to great effort to go through the last I think, two Drake albums and Scorpion and talk about how... He has this one song where he's like talking about how he went out for like a booty call and he went down the street from his house and turned right and someone mapped where the Kardashians live versus where Drake lives and stuff like that. And like, (laughs) (laughs) the internet's undefeated. That's where the internet dominates, where there is that one person out there who's willing to do the research. Yeah. Really, Jonathan Willis of the rap. Yeah. He's He's got the whole. I'm going to piece this out with geo targeting. He's got Ask Corsi or whatever that is. Like, yeah, the internet is undefeated with that stuff. They just dig in and they never let up until they find something. It's amazing. Like the Colangelo thing. The guy who leaked that to the uh, USA Today or whoever broke it, I don't remember now. Somebody put in the work going through the accounts, going through anonymous accounts, going through followings, going through tweets, putting it all together. Like, I just picture a beautiful mind notes all over the yeah, wall or something yeah. like that. Amazing. Or a bot too, right? You can have bots comb through people's Twitter accounts and look for stuff. See, like that's that goes into the dev world that I just don't understand. In my head, I like to think of a man in a dark basement. <laughs> yeah. Red hole hands everywhere. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Well, let's take a break here, boys. Uh, Dan, we're taking a break early. That's how much structure is on this week's Real Life Podcast. We'll be back after this. SumoJerky.com. You've been through the gas station. You've seen all the flavors, teriyaki, black pepper, maybe extra hot, sweet chili. That's about as exotic as it gets. But if you subscribe to Sumo Jerky at SumoJerky.com, check them out online, enter your preferences. They source out the finest small batch handcrafted ma and pa jerky from all over the world. They have all your favorite flavors, but it's high-quality, handcrafted versions of your favorite flavors, and they get exotic as well. Exotic jerky from exotic animals, or play it straight and stick with beef. Enter your preferences at sumojerky.com. It shows up once a month. Deliver it as a gift if you like. Have it sent to your work for a little pick-me-up during the day. Sumojerky.com. Follow them on Instagram at sumojerky for pictures of their meat. Or sign up for the service yourself, sumojerky.com. Once a month, meat delivered right to your door. It's the home delivery service you didn't realize you need until it started showing up. My favorite day of the month is Sumo Jerky Delivery Day. Sumojerky.com to get started. We're back. Real Life Podcast brought to you by our friends at sumojerky.com, the number one beef jerky of the month club. Bag Milk, did the sumo arrive this month? Not only did it come in this month, it came in when I needed it most. Oh, did it ever. I was hung over like crazy on Friday after the golf tournament. Where the hell is my content? Yeah, I get that. We, we still got it all upstairs. We'll post some pictures. Man, For oh, show. man. What For does show. a guy need to do to get his beef jerky company repped by his hockey company? I'll give you some content. <laughs> this isn't going to go well. <laughs> right now, and Bag Milk will support me on this statement because I think we both fell in love with it. So, oh, I know where you're going. Nation Golf Tournament. T- tournament. Wow, that's how good it was. Uh, oh, I know what you're talking about the Wilhawk. The tournament. No, 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 oh, no. It's no. a non-sumo jerky So it's supplier. a big, you know, it's a big event. We'll get more into events here later. Uh, so, yeah, Friday we're foggy. 
and the beef jerky shows up. And when you're hungover and you're going to have a drink the next day, probably the best drink you could have is a nation vodka fueled Caesar. Caesar. Sure. And in this week's or month's uh, uh, jerky delivery. Oh, I saved it for you. I have it in my room. I saved you. So it's American, so it was a Bloody Mary flavored jerky. It was legit. Oh, it just grabbed my soul and gave it the hug it needed. I ate most of the jerky that came to the Wanya Manor already because I'm a same dayer. I saved you that bag because it looked bespoke and fancy like you. Oh, yeah. You just taste the celery salt in that. It was just, oh, so good. It was like a gift from God, like staring me in the face, a Bloody Mary flavored jerky. Delightful. I'm a, like, and and this is organic advertising content, and thank you for it. Like, I'm a believer in sumo jerky, man. Like, some months you get stuff, and you're like, this is kind of weird. Why am I eating yak jerky? But, like, overall, it's nice. The lengths that the supply lady, whose name's Renee, that works for the company, like, Renee goes to work every month to figure out what the best jerky is. It's got to be a lot of work, though, too, that I'm thinking. I've never, well, at least off the top of my head, I can't remember the same flavor coming twice. It won't, no. And, like, we've worked with over 180 different beef jerky suppliers since 2013. And, like, they go out of their way. And I keep saying, like, can't we just, like, go back to one of the ones that was loved and get a different flavor? And they're like, no. That's not how we do it here at Sumo Jerky. I'm like, very well, continue. Interesting. Uh-huh. You know who else was a fan? So seemed? Brandon Davidson. Was he ate beef jerky? jerky? No, he was in. Oh, remember, idea. we were talking uh, about yeah. sumo Should jerky I last send week. Him a sub, of course. That's how we say. It. That's how. That's how we sub? talk. It. Yeah, sub. It means subscription. That's how we talk in the beef jerky industry. And by we, I mean me, because I'm the only person in it. You don't win I friends with salad. Him a sub. You don't win friends with salad. That's right. Remarkable. Beef jerky. Oh yeah, it was. It was crucial. There's two things I want to talk about, and I've got. I had a dream the other night, Dan, that you're always like holding your finger in the air and I assume that you're saying you're number one and I never listen. And then I had a dream and I had a stopwatch going on my phone during the podcast for proper structure. And I woke up, I was like, why don't I just do that? So this is my first week, valuable listener one, uh, that we're, we're really hitting our marks here. So this is good news, but I got two things I want to talk about. The first thing was the golf tournament. So I want to know with the exception of stealing pens off of Marin and our friends at Japa, how did the tournament go? Who got the drunkest of the tournament? Who won the tournament? What was the scandal of the tournament? Break it down for me. So it's at Cougar Creek. Cougar Creek, we went out, uh, actually, we went out early because we had to swing by an Audi dealership, grab some whips, drive them out there. No big deal, bird man. It was awesome. We got to drive four ridiculously expensive Audis out there, pick them up in the morning, drive them back. I didn't have an R8. But like my dream car, and you aim my heart, go for a Lamborghini. I've always wanted a Q7. That's cool. It's like a ninety thousand. That's pretty high on the. It's yeah, fucking bar. Yeah. I got to drive one on the way back, and this thing is just like I was lost in everything. The whole dashboard was a was a was a nav, like where the speedometer is. You could just see everything. I'm like oh, people's houses. Like it's telling me it was amazing. So that was cool. We got out to the the tournament. We set up everything. Beers probably start flowing by eleven thirty, I want to say, as we're setting up. Mm-hmm. If you're with me, I was a troop leader on the bus to bring the teams from the pint. We started at ten a.m. I heard you guys stopped at uh, Sherbrooke as well on the way. Yeah, we had an interesting stop at Sherbrooke because I wanted to load up for the way back. But uh, it's just you and an empty bus, full bus. Uh, on the way back. Oh, after the loading journey. up for the way back. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. So we stopped at Sherbrooke. Our good friends there, and uh, we had an interesting bus driver. Uh, he said, yeah, you can, you can go in. Okay. I go in like I needed help. Cause I'm grabbing a bunch cause it's for everyone. We had 90 people on three buses 
for a hundred. This is like back so. of the pub crawl day. Yeah, yeah take exactly. Pub, occasionally back in the day, bag mug, we'd take one of our famous pub crawls, which actually did very well. We would take it to a liquor store, and I'd like yeah. run in and grab bottles of shots yeah. and come running out to a che- bus full of people cheering. So we we go in, grab a bunch of beers. Uh, I am the and and during this time, people are coming off the bus to have a smoke and whatever. And uh, this other guy comes into the liquor store, like, "Hey, man, like the bus driver's freaking out." <laughs> I'm like, what? Okay. So I'm literally the last guy to get on the bus. I went in, grabbed all the stuff, paid for the stuff, then got on the bus. So, like, everyone was already on the bus. So I don't know why this guy had an issue. So he's like, were you the one that asked us to get off here? I said, yeah. Um, He goes, well, you're the only person that was supposed to get off and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, uh, sorry. And then he, we're in the parking lot. He pins it, like, literally burns rubber out of the parking lot does not take his foot off the gas and then just immediately jumps onto swerves onto uh St. Albert Trail. The bus is were you on the bus? Oh, you weren't on the bus. The bus was like shaking end to end. I'm standing up. People what? are falling. What? Stuff's all over because he's pissed. And then he continues to like mad it. Uh and to kind of give you a reference, uh all the buses left the pine at the same time. Uh we had to stop at uh Sherbrooke. So we're probably about ten or twelve minutes behind the other buses now. Going to Cougar. So this guy's mad. He's mad and doing all this NASCAR shit just to, I don't know, show that he's in control and power move of some variety. <laughs> and then he gets on the Yellowhead, and, like, we are just passing everyone. And the buses that were, like, 10 to 12 minutes ahead of us, we passed them, and we beat them to Cougar Creek. And that's in, like, we're talking about, like, in, in school bus, like, racing. Like, to make up that much time was impressive. So, like, but then after, he was just like, hey, guys, like, Hope you guys have a good round. Can't wait to see you after. I'm like, who is this guy? Like, he's, he's just bipolar. From... He's not even bipolar. Oh yeah, but it was uh, so we had an interesting start. But everyone loved it as well. I'm just picturing Chris, uh, uh, what's his name, Farley from uh, the bus driver and Billy Madison. Just yeah, tired of all of you. Eats all your lunches after you get off the bus. Ugh. Yeah, it was good. Like going forward, everybody got their starts. Everybody got out to the cart. So Chris and I settled in at the putting challenge right at the beginning of the course hilarious we had some great times chirping people with just weak putting attempts uh dusty nielsen high score of the day on the putting challenge i'm gonna give him a shout out for getting a 10 on three three tiny little putting holes jay a 10 for dusty he was the highest score of the day by far that is you have to want to score a 10 yeah, I don't really think he was paying attention a whole lot, if I'm being honest. You just kind of whack away, you know? Super good in gymnastics getting a 10. Super bad in golfing getting a 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am I right? On tiny little three-putt hole. Shameful. Well, I think, uh, yeah, the golf tournament on the hole, like, it was like we had the pint packed at 10 a.m. So that was amazing because it's just cool to see everyone. And then the golf tournament itself, like the weather held up. You know, the, 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 the nation team did an amazing job with the setup as well as Cougar Creek. But, like, it was like legitimately a good time. And that's the best part. Like, it's just like, you know, it's, we had a lot of good activations and we'll call it that to be safe, uh, on the course with a lot of good sponsors. I know what you're referring to. And, uh, you know, every, you know, everyone I talked to and, you know, we, we, and it's tough to talk to everyone cause there's like 160 people there, but the people you do, you're like, they're like, wow, like that was really good. And like getting texts like a few days out. So like for me, I just, once again, I did it at the team meeting today. I just want to thank everyone on the nation squad and also our sponsors that came together to make this really special and Rick at the pint to make sure that, you know, we got everything taken care of. But like, yeah, no, that was a hell of a night. Like we went back to the pint after and like everyone, like those like same people just like piled off the bus and like continued on their night. And like, it went like pretty late. Like it was a, it was awesome. 
It was great. And also, I really like this year. Was it us that did it? I don't think it was us. Cougar Creek did a really nice finishing touches on things. They put hole like they put signs on each hole yeah. correspondent to the number of the hole a player's jersey. Do you know what I mean? Oh. So like hole number three was uh Al Hamilton. Was Al f- Hamilton. Oh speaking of, yes, well at least at least they remember <laughs> a segue Al there. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to know somebody remembers Al Hamilton. They also had and I was very excited about this because people were talking about it. I ran out in the golf course to find it. They had a pond that was named after me. Yes, I saw that. On so the we went out the next day. Dan scored the sign for me. So we brought that back to the office. Yeah. Bag Milk's Pond is now living at Little Brick. With Brownlee's be- beverage cart. And then Brownlee like, on Instagram is like, hey, what the heck is going on here? I'll tell you what. I don't remember, uh, I don't remember being told about that. <laughs> it was just a, all in all a really good day. There was shenanigans though, Wanye. And I feel like you should be informed on it. At the dinner. Go on. At the dinner. Uh-huh. We were raffling off some wonderful prizes. I, the prizes were sick. Great prizes. However, one table seemed to be luckier than the others, Wanye. Go on. Over to my right, the squire is smiling because his table won probably, I don't know, 40% of the prizes Who was on the night. Table? Well, 40% is aggressive, but I think, because there's what, eight people at our table, and I think four or five of us won a prize. <laughs> Who was there? Who was at your table? Um, Ivan Toblinski. That's Colin, okay. Yeah, Colin, uh, our boy Jonas Locke, uh, Chair White. Yeah. Um, these are all yeah do you remember the most most insulting belt buckle I ever bought you in your life yeah that you spazzed about when we were little yeah born lucky yeah Jay's born lucky bag milk I have seen him do incredible things and one year when we were kids I bought him for his birthday a belt that said born lucky and he snapped I probably only see him snap three times it's like <laughs> I am not lucky that is not luck let's just run down some examples 2017 Chuck a Puck contest in Moose Jaw. That wasn't luck. That's skill. See, that's, that's a the guy who doesn't like skill. his belt buckle. That's a guy. We're, we're playing. It's a Noah Gregor jersey. Jason Gregor's nephew. I'm Jack. I throw, like, yeah. And I'm there, and like, it's over. I'm like, oh, I'm imagining my life with a Noah Gregor jersey. Comes out of nowhere and like sky hooks a puck. No, I, I chucked a le- legit biscuit on of the sauce. button. And then I was like, can I buy it off you? No. <laughs> and then he wore it all night, which I respect because it was game worn. Game worn. I yeah, was yeah. stinking worn all night. around all night. It doesn't surprise me. So it's not rigged. It's just a guy who refuses to acknowledge his massive luck. To the universe well, is on Jay's it, side. It, in a, but in a draw situation, that's luck. Like, I, I got lucky there. And I also, like, Mandrick didn't, like, <laughs> there's like a, like, kind of like a pseudo thing. Like, if you're in the golf tournament, you can't win. So Mandrick's team won, yeah. but didn't officially win. Sure. Right. So, but you know, Hey, I lined up to buy a super ticket just like everyone else. And Ken Tilly, who did a, a awesome performance, who chirped the super ticket and God love him for it. It's hilarious. Uh, my number got called. So magic, like, you saw, I'm like, it's me magic. Like, like telling me to sit down. I'm like, fuck you. That's number That's two. two. I'm like, I paid for this. I, 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 I deserve the same shot. I donated money to charity, the Jason Greger Foundation, a great cause. How Greger much money even, was raised this year for charities? It's going to be around ten grand, hopefully a little over. We got to wait and see, kind of how everything tallies. Because that's we've all got going some, to Greger's grads. Yeah, so we've got uh, we've got some expenses still because Coors got invoices and stuff. But yeah, the minimum is going to be ten grand, which that's is amazing. Great. That's so awesome. good. Everybody. Greger did his spiel, cries during it because he's a hard on the sleeve type guy. He really is. Yeah, he's a, he had a hitch in his giddy up this year. One. Yeah, and he didn't have to be anywhere this time, so he, he stuck uh, around. He was at, he had an aggressive limp. 
from some kind of running injury. So I was I was chirping him about his oh, Instagram. Man. I was like, you were doing it for Instagram, weren't you? Following Gregor on Instagram, J- at Jason W. Gregor. I do not recommend it. It is like following Body Break. Like, remember is, old yeah. fun Gregor that we knew that would yeah. go out to the bar and Gregor. we like looked up to him and he yeah. like had like dress shirts with studded diamonds on them and whatnot. Yeah, you should be doing videos teaching us how to like pour grenades. He's Hal Johnson. He was wearing a full bandana the other day. <laughs> I wondered if he joined the Hells Angels or something. It's ridiculous. And I went for lunch with him last week and I said to him like, what the hell is going on with your Instagram? Oh, buddy, what are you talking about? Five-kilometer challenge. Got to do it every day. Have you done it today? I'm like, no, I haven't done it today. I'm not a crazy person like you. When the heck did you turn into Hal Johnson? And where's Joanne McLeod? I never see Gregor smile. And he's just smiling away in all those videos. Like, hey, guys, like, just set a record on my 5K lap heat set. What? And he's just, like, smiling. Like, get out there. And, yeah, exactly. Be fit and have fun. I'm like, yeah. And when I saw him at lunch, like he's looking jacked. Oh, yeah. I told him that. I made the mistake yeah, of like no, yeah. being like, Gregory, looking good. Well, yeah, buddy, of course I am. Five kilometer challenge. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> you do that? I'm like, no, man, I don't. I have like, you know, real work to do. I didn't ascend to the top of the media pile and then remain there for the rest of my career. Let's take a break. Dan, this is just smooth, isn't it? This is a smooth Irish butter show. Oh, how about when Dr. Bill Hansen busted out Irish butter at the end oh, of the yeah. And hey, we, we have to we have to be consistent on Irish butter. But yeah, he he, he dug up like a he few done his of research. The, That's why he's a doctor. Oh, I know. Like he, he just drop bombs on us, and we're like, oh, this guy. I get vulnerable when smart people listen to this show because I do not remember what we said. But let's take a break. We'll be back. Real life podcast after this. Alberta is where you find hardworking hands, where prairie grown rye meets mountain spring water, where we pull dragons from the ground, and we choose. Rig Hand Distillery. Vodka, whiskey, gin, and more. Rig Hand is made from Alberta-grown ingredients, locally distilled and distributed. It's a bottle of Alberta. Ask for award-winning Rig Hand in your liquor store and visit RigHandDistillery.com. We're back. Real Life Podcast brought to you by our friends at Rig Hand Distillery, the title sponsor of this show, the supplier of alcohol for Caesars, which gets sumo jerky in there. And if you can carry it in a giant forklift brought to you by Japa, that's called the Real Life Podcast Hattrick. <laughs> well, at the uh, two mentioned, they had a tasting hole at the golf tournament. And uh, the owner's sister was working it. She was a lovely lady. And uh, she made us these nation vodka cocktails that are favorite. They're like blue and stormy or what the hell they were called. But yeah, no, they're amazing. Like a. Uh, kicking the ass that we needed because we started off and made a bogey on our second hole and that's what brought the team back together i'll tell you a funny story about drinking vodka it wasn't nation vodka and i apologize in advance got to get high in your own supply no fair enough over the long weekend i had a few drinks of raspberry vodka delightful yeah mm. and i was actually tie-in i was sitting in the nation tub the nation hot tub as you do it's at wanya manor yeah, and i thank was you, Arctic Spas. having a bunch of drinks and it's late at night and then i decide you know going to bed it's time to shut her down and i bring my drink with me and put it on the headboard live my life next day live my life next night wake up in the middle of the night i'm like oh man i'm so thirsty go to grab my glass of water that i had and proceed to pound like half of my day old mm. raspberry vodka soda but my sleeping brain can't process what this is i'm like that's ah, poison ah! and i was like <laughs> coughing and whatnot and then in the morning i woke up i'm like 
was that a dream? Did that even happen? And I took a whiff of it, and I was like, oh, man, that's the last vodka soda for you shut her down for the night vodka soda. That that uh, reminds me of a story I told on the podcast, I don't know, a few months ago with our boy Jimmy. Oh, yeah, drinking the glass asleep, of vodka. Yeah, we filled his, 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 his midnight uh, gl- uh, drinking glass of water with vodka. And, you uh, can't leave old drinks around. Like, this has to become a rule in my life. Because, you know, you know movie Signs? Yeah, I was going to say. The, I'm like that. It's gross. One of my many eccentricities, I keep old coffee, as you'll know. Oh, yeah. Like, he'll keep a cup of coffee for days. It's because Ron Southern does it. Founder of Atco. Keith, Kent Tilly, comedian at the show, right? Yes. His older brother, Keith, used to be the private jet pilot for the family that founded Atco. Sweet. Yeah. And I'd always be like, hey, give me some inside tips. Tell me what old RD's doing, Ron Southern, because I used to work at Atco, and he's a trillionaire, and blah, 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 blah. And I'd always ask about parties, and I'd run into him like, tell me something about Ron Southern, Keith. And finally, one day, he's like, all right, all right, all right. I saw this the other day. I thought of you. I said, the minute I see Wanya, I'm going to tell him this. He goes, Ron gets on the plane the other day, and we're going to fly overseas. And he's got four Starbucks cups in a tray full of coffee. And he's, like, sipping on one. And then they put them in the onboard fridge on the plane. And then the cabin crew threw them out. And RD calls for his coffee and someone brings him a new coffee. Yeah, days later when they're coming back. Yeah, day, like, like, like four like, or five days well, later. Yeah. Hey, where are my coffees? They're like, oh, we'll go make you a, a pot. He's like, no, no, no. Where are my coffees? Like, what do you mean? One of RD's things, because he's like depression era dude. He's passed away. Good man. He would drink old coffee. Yeah. So Keith says to me jokingly, if you want to be like RD, you have to pick up the habit of drinking old yeah. coffee. And I'm like, I'll do it. So, so I always keep old coffees yeah. around. Nasty. So, what, I, I've got so many questions. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. How long will you still continue to... Like, if there's a cup of coffee right now on this table from Friday, would you drink it? No, but I would refrigerate it in the fridge over there. I'm oh, so at least we're not just like going rogue, leaving coffees out. No, no, no. I'll fridge them. I'll fridge them. And they're gross because it'll be like a five-day-old latte. Yeah, I have to purge Lattes too? Oh, yeah. They're always lattes. All I could think of that the only scenario in my head where this works is straight black coffee with nothing in it. Yeah. Boys, boys, boys. If you want to get ahead in life, you got to (laughs) focus on the non-contributing habits of very successful people. but But the question I have to ask is how can you just sip on a coffee that slowly? Because I'll end up doing something. So I'll be like, I have a coffee and I'm sipping on it and then shit happens and I either get on the phone or do whatever it is and I'll get the end. I have to go somewhere and I'm like, well, I don't want to waste this because Ron Southern didn't waste coffees and look what he did with his life. Put it in the fridge. Like the minute coffee is a, a comfortable temperature. Down the hatch. I crush it. Yeah. Oh, like I'll leave coffees here and drink them all day. See, I, I can't do that either. I had an Americano. Girls made it for me. It was delightful. Put a little honey in it. It's nice. Oh. That's a good move. Crushed it. Yeah. But like Chris upstairs, he'll reheat a coffee four or five times during a day. Oh, I, He's I, like I a little like baby bird. I guess it comes from, um, you know, my heavy partying days where it's just like bulk consumption. Yeah. That I just consume liquids at a very uh, enhanced rate. Yeah. Like if you're having rumskis, down it goes. Yeah. I don't sip. Or if you're drinking raspberry vodka sodas and you intend to have a final sip a day later and almost choke to death during your sleep. <laughs> that actually reminds me of uh, uh, Slash's autobiography. There's a part where he talks about the crazy hangovers he used to get in like the height of the Guns N' Roses days. So what he would do is he would leave a Jack and Coke on his night table for the next morning to kind of like start the day off on an even keel. Jeez Louise. Which like that's the level of excess those guys are on where I'm leaving a warm J and C on the table for the next morning just ah, to that's bring gonna be me back tough to life to take down if you're waking up mega hung. 
Oh, I, I find I don't know how you guys drink Jack as much as you do. Anyway, I find it to be disgusting. So the whole idea. I wouldn't put it out. with Coke. I just drink it straight. I only do it to impress Rick at the pint. <laughs> well, my dad believed Jack Daniels was medicinal. Now, granted, you know my Sasky father's boy. from Boharm, Saskatchewan, uh, which I don't even know is even a town anymore. They had to tell you Jack was medicine because they didn't have any doctors. Yeah, so they'd be like, "Oh, here, have one of these." But like, dad would call him like, "Hey, can you pick?" Like, and he he has he'd have one shot a night. And he says, like, it would help him feel better. And whatever. To each their own. If yeah, it's in your head and it works, great. Exactly. At like Western he, medicine. He wasn't going slash styles and drinking a bottle a day. Which <laughs> or performing good. Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> <laughs> well, he might have. <laughs> you know what? There was funny. And, Dan, you're having the time of your life over there. The thing I wanted to lead with today. <laughs> I'm looking at my clock here. It's 49 minutes and 23 seconds into this. Oh, we got tons of time. Last week, we were hour and 59. We got an hour to go. No, I got, I'm running this thing like a, <laughs> like a German train system. The Schnell, they're going to arrive on time. This jersey that they rolled out today. The quote-unquote retro jersey. <clears throat> the Malibu Stacy has a new hat of Oilers jerseys. Oh, good, Paul. They, they went to the lab. Yeah. And they, 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 they found the new formula. I feel like there's people proposing all these fantastic jerseys on the wall at Adidas headquarters, and then somebody just pulled out a jersey from, like, 2014. They're like, what about this? Well, I... <laughs> I love that jersey. Me too. That's like, that is tradition. my but like, jersey. Don't unveil it as if it's like a surprise. We knew it was going to be that like since day one. Or what if they did those colors, the blue and orange, with like the uh, the McFarlane kind of spoke thing on the front? That'd have been a fresh twist. No, on it. then you'd look like an AHL team. They well, got to bring back that spoke jersey. That it was is a good the jersey. Shit, it was I a cool jersey. jersey. I would like to see a new iteration of it. Yes. Yeah, maybe with Spawn uh, holding it this time. Yeah. The licensing like, deal. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of... It, it, it is kind of gimmicky, though. See, I'm not a big fan of the orange jerseys. For a few reasons. Like the current orange or... Well, or I don't all know. I've had a couple see, of flavors of orange. Now. I don't see the different shades. I don't oh, know. I'm geez. a guy. I'm not an interior designer. We started designer. with the brown mustard orange It was a darker jersey, orange. Which... When we said we were going orange, I was excited, and then I saw it, and I was just like, well, I envisioned a different orange. And the the merchandise they're making, different than the jerseys, are all different shades of orange. Every year I go and buy the Oilers zip-up, whatever it is. I'm in. I'm in. And the Oilers could be orange till the end of time. I'm in still. But the orange like zip-up jacket they put out last year was horrible. And the color fades. And the t-shirts that they're making, the color fades. Orange is a tough one. Washington Hot Waters one, yeah, it sounds like. I don't know. What's that? Got to get a nice cold water wash. Maybe yeah. a Tide Pod cold yeah. water. Keep those colors vibrant. What yeah. am I, a Tide engineer? I don't know how any of this stuff I works. wash everything exclusively cold water Have and to. nothing sees a dryer. Really? Nothing sees a dryer. Nothing sees a dryer. You got a lot of threads, though. Like, where are these hanging at the matter? Uh, well, yeah. Got a whole it's, basement it's, full of threads. Yeah, no, no, mine are. The cleaning lady puts mine down. They, uh, we, we got this unique rack that uh, I don't know, can hold like I don't know, 30 articles of clothing, which is good for me. But nothing because, like I said, I've, I've, and this goes back to, I guess, having a chip on my shoulders as a youth where I bought this amazing, like, diesel long sleeve shirt, which in high school, like, that's currency. Like, oh, yeah. That's my go to. Like, yeah. I would try to wear it twice a week and make, then stretch the, you know, mm -hmm, the, mm -hmm. the coolness of it. Did you have a phase in junior high where you had an outfit that you wore all the time? Yeah. Like, that was my go to. Like, yeah. okay, this is my day. I'm wearing my number one. Yeah. This jean, this, this, this. Like, every year I had that. But uh, to go back to the shirt, my mom put this prized possession in the dryer and ah, then shrunk it. Yeah. Mm. 
And then she felt bad. Well, unfortunately, I probably had a tantrum because I'm an only child. And, <laughs> you got uh, a new one, didn't you? <laughs> well, she offered me to buy a new one. And I believe that shirt didn't exist anymore. So it was very... Did you go to high grade at the mall? Yeah, I was like, yeah, give me that diesel blah, blah. Cause like at that time, like it, it was a shirt like two hundred bucks, and like that's, that's crazy. Like, I didn't think I made two hundred dollars a year. Yeah, I mean, why'd you put six months of Safeway yeah. pay towards one hoodie? Yeah. So that was uh, so that's why I, 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 the rule of my life ever since that point in time is nothing touches the jar. Grade eight yearbook. I had a black jeans. Like I basically wear the same thing every single day now because I don't know or care. But in those days, it mattered. I was wearing the exact same outfit in four different photos in my grade eight yearbook because oh, nice. I rocked a striped guest jeans shirt with uh, black jeans look that I felt was outstanding. And it wasn't until they put the yearbook out, I was like, I may have been on too heavy a rotation uh, of that outfit this I, year. I, I started each high school year in the, with the same outfit. I, I remember that just because I'm like, oh, I had a good, I had a good start last year with this, so I'll do it again. Just oh, you always wore the same gear. Each I just year. wore the same. I remember oh. it, was, it was like a, it was just a Gap blue. To like short sleeve t-shirt like just whatever so simple but like i wore that every uh opening uh day of school grade you... nine sorry to interrupt you grade nine in the off season in the summer a buddy and i went to zazu remember mm-hmm. zazu at the mall oh yeah i bought a bright blue for the oilers and my dad which is before it's time bright blue jeans vest bright blue jeans and then had matching bright blue boots and then my buddy wore, bought the same outfit in yellow. Wow. And then we went to school and like pretended that we didn't know that that was like how it was going oh to my be. God. And I'll tell you, there were a lot of girls. And we didn't talk to any of them. <laughs> I bet. Looking back, would you be embarrassed to wear the clothes you wore in high school? Not at all. Although, I should say, I used to wear I have a soother around my neck. Because like Boys in the Hood oh, came out. And then, God. for reasons I will never understand, oh. I had like a big medallion that said, Africa One Love. And I wore that with yeah. a trace of irony around school. <laughs> and if anybody wanted to dance, I'd knock them out. Wow. Yeah. Why? Would you be vulnerable to what you used to wear? I was at my dad's place recently, like within the last month. And he just shows me a box, like a pile of boxes. He's like, this is all your shit. Take it or I'm getting rid of it. Did you call your dad Mr. Mayor around the house? Well, of course. I mean, yeah. what else am I going to so say? Like, worship. Yeah. So you're like, of course you're worship. I'll take this away immediately. Lord. He, he was into all that kind of thing. I had to pay him a tithe. <laughs> he <laughs> had to sleep with my wife before we got married. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm digging through these boxes at my dad's place, and I found pairs of my old pants that I used to wear in high school. Like, these were my go-to pants. They were dickies. And I, I'm like, I'm going to throw these on and see what they're like. Oh, my God. They're the baggiest pants of all time. I would never wear those yeah. in public ever right now. Massive stuff. pants. Yeah. Massive. I remember I used to buy like uh, Levi's silver tab jeans because they had the funky colors. And I'm probably all of five, seven, a buck 30. And I'm running like 38, 48 yeah. waist jeans just so they could be baggy. Cool. And then what was cool then is, is getting the phrase at the bottom. You got to. Have that to. Took, that, 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 that's a... Didn't happen on that's its own. That's an art. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't happen on its own. You got to work for that. And would you ever recut the jeans to get more fray because the phrase would come off? Oh, yeah. So you got to. Six months later, you got to redo it? Yeah. I also used to wear these... Uh, <laughs> they were like tight cords. And I would cut vertically up the yes. seams to like create a little flap yes. that would go over my shoe. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going through all this stuff. It's super embarrassing. Like all the tees and stuff. Like I used to wear a bunch of skate tees, like all other stuff. Like I would wear that, but the pants are just absurd. Yeah. See, I remember like I'm wearing skinny jeans right now. And I remember I was like a holdout. You got into skinny jeans and capri pants, all sorts of weird I, shit. Well, I, I was very anti for a long time. And then I went all in. 
I'll never forgive Danny Saul for wearing male capris to a pub crawl. Local amateur golfer of note. And I we believe were... he's Mike Weir's caddy. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, I was confounded by his apparel. Yeah. It didn't he was make ahead of his time. Yeah, I suppose but he was. was like, is he wearing capris? Like, so I made the switch. I got these jeans, and I like felt ridiculous walking around in them. Then yeah. they were followed up by more pairs. I just bought a pair of jeans that aren't, and I feel like I'm wearing bell bottoms. Oh, I, don't, I can't rock them anymore. Isn't I can't that wear amazing. Them. I feel like I should be wearing like a Soundgarden T-shirt with a shirt underneath it with long arms and get my one love pendant wherever that went. Man, that was a good look. I wish you still had that thing. That's the best part of your outfit. <sighs> I, although I can't decide if I like that better or the soother. The soother was like, wow, the what was the, there was blood. like a gangster hood movie that came out where the guy had like a baby soother on a pendant. I think it was like, don't be a menace while drinking your <laughs> no, juice in South Central. No, I think that's what no, it was. No, it wasn't a fake one. It was a real OG one because they sold them. They sold them in stores. Of course they did. And I was like, that's gangsta. And I remember like walking around in my mouth and like giving like grade oh. sevens the evil eye. Oh, no. Hey. Oh, oh, no. Boys. I'm cringing. <laughs> oh, no. Cringe oh, away. Goosebumps last week. I'm fucking cringing and crying this week. That's how the ladies in 1996 liked it. See, now yeah. I'm more like a, I'm more like you, like uh, Steve Jobs' uniform for life. I probably have 30 just straight black t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah, lots of black. Anyway, speaking of black, what do we think of those orange jerseys? I don't even remember. <laughs> the thing that I wanted to bring up today is the Oilers obviously released the quote-unquote retro jerseys from you know three years ago. A nice throwback to Rebuild 2.0 when we had Hope with Hall, Omar, Payarvi, uh, and Everly mm-hmm, leading mm-hmm, the way. Mm-hmm. Going back to that look, but they have the patch. The reason I want to bring up the patch, Wanye, is it's the 40th anniversary patch, and there was an omission in the numbers. That are on the just stuff like this can't be happening by mistake. So, if you don't know, if you haven't seen already, but I'm guessing you did, Hamilton, the first ever Oilers captain, was first number retired. First number retired was Gretzky insisted off that patch. Wanya, what do you think? I hope it's aesthetics. I hope that there's a reason for it. There's the symmetry. There's three numbers on each side. Who cares? I agree. Go ahead. I just feel it's disrespectful to Al Hamilton. Uh, so just... theories that have been floating out there is that uh, he only played a handful of games with the NHL Oilers. He was a WHA Oilers for a while. So that's some of the theories. I'm not saying it makes sense. Others are that he did not win a cup with the team and that all the numbers that are included have won cups with the team. Again, my argument would be it's a 40th anniversary patch, not a five-cup patch. Uh, other theories were... Nobody cared about the first team. I'm seeing in the comments here. Brownlee wrote about it today at the Nation, and the the arguments against having him on there are just very odd to me. So I just I I don't get it. I don't get it. How how hard would it? Oilers retired his number first. Yeah, it's up in the it's up in the rafters. So like I I, can agree. It should be it should begin and end with that. It can't be by accident. If if we look at that thing and go, where's Al Hamilton? The design department must have looked at that and been like, where's Al Hamilton? There is a discussion. No graphic designer on earth is going to look at the list of retired numbers and be like, nah, it's not symmetrical. Yeah, there's obviously internal discussions. I hope there's uh, internal discussions with Al Hamilton as well. Um, Would they call up Al Hamilton, who I assume is on a yacht somewhere? (laughs) No, he's still in Edmonton. (laughs) Is he? Yeah. Oh, man, that's even worse He works worse in Edmonton. He does a lot of charity stuff in Edmonton. He, he's, he's, he does stuff for the alumni. Uh, so, well, of course we don't want to leave him on the patch. Yeah. Sounds so, like a horrible guy. So there's going to be billboards and stuff with this image on it. 
around town. He's going to be driving around not seeing his number on that yeah. patch. Yeah, it's very interesting. Savage. It's weird. Why did they, it's there like could a, be some beef? Because I believe his son was the head coach of the Old Kings, and they uh, they gassed him in the off season. Dear T- heavens, tough summer for the Hamiltons. Dear dear heavens, they founded the city of Hamilton. Did you know that bag milk? Did you <laughs> wow. know that Al Hamilton founded the city of Hamilton and was a ten year mayor. Also, was the uh, first quarterback for the Tiger Cats. I heard unbelievable. Yeah. What unbelievable. Speaking of founded, and it won't town. make the patch. This is unrelated to hockey, but you talked about founded town. Uh, I am founding a town. I'm I'm a huge Cleveland Browns there. fan, because uh, they're the Oilers of the NFL. So I can respect that. Same with the Swansea Swans of uh, English Premier League uh, soccer. They're always about to be re- relegated. Uh-huh. This is this is who I identify. <laughs> this with. is a build up to something. Go on. So they dropped this guy, Nick Chubb. Who does the Browns? The Browns did, yeah. And uh, I believe he's going to be the second string, according to my fantasy football draft that went through, the second string running back for Cleveland this year. So the Browns have Good a chub. Thank you, Bag Milk. He Wait, comes from Chubtown, Georgia. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. Go on. So uh, how, how Chubtown began is uh, his great-great-grandfather was like one of the uh, first like liberated slaves. And oh. he created a... Um, a settlement and then like brought in a bunch of people and created a town. And that's kind of like the history of Chubb cool. town. So his last name is Chubb. You're talking about finding a town yeah. in Hamilton. Like legitimately this guy did. So super cool story. So I bought a, so I bought a Browns jersey for this year. So obviously I had to get Nick Chubb. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's also got a cool climb as well to the NFL, which we don't have to get too far into, but like search the story of Nick Chubb uh, and his ancestors and the founding of Chubb town. Chubb town's still around. Uh, and uh, is a going concern, which is super cool. So him and the Hamiltons uh, can identify with one another. I might give shout-outs to Chubtown whenever Connor does something this year, Wanye. <laughs> ah, yes, of course. Thank you. Double entendre. Double entendre. Excellent. Sweet. Speaking of Connor, have you guys seen the locks that he is rolling with? Oh, have I talk seen about Chubtown? Yeah. Woo! Hello. He comes in. The Oilers just got on the ice today. The boys are all back in town, which I like to see. And Connor is rocking a majestic flow that I have not seen before. No, he's got a whole new look. Yeah, he's got McTuffs everywhere coming out of that lid. Now, let me let me tell you, if Nuge rolls into town, also with the flow and locks that he was sporting last year. We're going to win the cup. I'll faint. I may have to get new trousers, Wanye. With a larger, tra- go back to your old dickies. That's why I've got, <laughs> I've got space. Yeah. They've got plenty of space. Uh, it's so good to see... Well, the whole like the the squad who's in town, but just see Connor back on the ice wearing another jersey. I'm just remembering a story where I was walking down the hallway in junior high with super baggy jeans on, and my leg felt funny, and I reached down and pulled a full T-shirt out of the leg of my jeans. Oh yeah, because it had got stuck in there in the dryer, and I hadn't noticed. It'll happen. You're talking that type of baggy. Oh yeah, this is like Operation Baggy, where your legs are not touching the sides. Baggy milk. That's right. <laughs> like I had a pair of Junkos. I used to call them the party pants, and I looked like I was floating. Because like the edge would cover my whole shoe, so it just that was like the dream floating. though. That that's what you wanted. Yeah, yeah. It's not a good look for anybody. Damn, we were fresh. Oh, oh yeah, God. Well, it was that was the time though. You was, you would see that. Like it's amazing how like trends come and go. Like you would look at someone in that out- uh, outfit and be like, wow, that is like they look amazing. The, the vertical slits that allowed the thing to go over your shoes. Yes. And then you would put them in the dryer, and then they would curl up. Yes. And then you'd have to like flatten it and put like something heavy on it see? to make the dryer. The dryer is your enemy. 
even worse, sometimes I would accidentally step on my flap, rip the whole oh, side yeah. of my pants up. Yeah. Oh, Papa Milk was not or happy if you, about that. If you, if you cut in holes in your jeans, which was cool at one time, and then you put your foot in to the pant leg and just rip that hole that you cut. Mm-hmm. I bought a pair of Justin Timberlake brand jeans. I don't remember what the hell they were called. And it had a hole in them. And, the, and they were really expensive. And the first time I put them on, I caught my big toe in the hole and fell flat on my face, ripped the hole, and I never wore them again. Damn you to hell, Justin Timberlake. That's why Man of the Woods is a shit album. Is it? That's disappointing. I've never worn a pair of jeans with a hole in it intentionally. Really? Yeah, I I can't do it. I refuse to buy pants with holes in them. It's fashion, man. No, I understand. But my cheapness in my head said there's holes in those pants. You will not pay $200 for them or whatever people are charging. Go to Old Navy. You're buying $10 pants. That's how bag milk rolls. There's people who sell shirts. Those buy a generic, say, a Budweiser tee for 10 bucks at Giant Tiger, which I saw when I was in Westlock. And so I know that was the accurate price, actually ten ninety seven. They would then take a shotgun to it and shoot that shirt and put all those little holes in it and then sell that shirt for ten ninety seven for like 80 bucks because it's distressed. And that makes fashion. me distressed. Why were you shopping in Westlock? <laughs> oh, I went... Uh, <laughs> Good qu- good I have question. a question. <laughs> I was going to do an emergency donair review in Westlock, but Ramsey's, which is supposed to be an institution there, was shot. Was it? I was going to do one on uh, Sunday coming home from... I went out, so anyways, back to where I was in Westlock. I was on... I went out to my boy at T-Fence for those of you the nation, if you can remember that from eight years ago. Oh, yes. That was a movement. Uh, I went to his cabin at Slave Lake. Oh, nice. And then the way home or the way out, you way there, swung we by stopped. Giant Tiger for well, I was with I was with the Jappa squad and the and the mini Jappas. Uh, and, uh, yeah, um, we had to stop, pick up some stuff, went into a Giant Tiger. Never been in one before. Very, have, you, the have, you, have you been into a Giant Tiger? Oh, yeah. Fort Saskatchewan. They've got one there. Very random. Oh, it's 100%. Like, I, 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 it's, uh, I, I don't know how to explain it. I guess it's like a... I feel like it's one of those stores where you have to go in all the time. And if you go in there all the time, you're bound to find some good shit. Well, there's deals. It's it's everything's so cheap, but it's it's like as if like Max and um, Walmart made a baby. I'm turning this screen around to show you something on my laptop to prove I'm not lying. There's a, there's a chain like Giant Tiger in England called Poundland. Hell yeah, <laughs> Poundland. That's funny. I watched a documentary about them as I show you here on the computer this weekend. It's insane the levels of effort places like Giant Tiger and Poundland and Dollarama go to to get their shit so cheap. Well, Sean Green from Japa uh, wanted to buy some boots or something, so that's that's what brought us to Giant Tiger. And he's going around, and so he found these things that were thirty nine ninety seven. Everything ends in ninety seven. Yeah, very respect. Very awesome. Uh, and then he goes to the till and. Finds out they're actually on sale and they cost them fifteen ninety seven. So we bought brand new like outwear, outerwear, outdoor boots for fifteen bucks. They're in this documentary and they're like, "Oh, Toblerone has changed the shape of a Toblerone so that the triangles are further apart." This is actually like a scandal. Toblerone is trying to keep the cost the same yeah. or price the same rather. So these guys are like. You know what? We're just going to bring out our own Toblerone called Twin Peaks. And it shows them going to all these British chocolate makers and being like, this is what it's going to cost for our Toblerone knockoff. And these chocolatiers like falling all over themselves. Another lady's in the conversation. She's like, how much for all these candles? And they're like, Bleh. she's like, what if I bought six million of them? And the guy's eyes are just like, Bleh. and then the price came down on candles. Like, it is impressive how these guys roll. Their margins are so thin. So thin. 
so thin. They're, they're strictly a volume play. And you factor in theft, and you factor in spoilage, and you factor in and like mis-tagging stuff. It's amazing they make any money. Yeah, so. Good God. For those of you who have been to a giant tiger, it's. Uh, Enjoy the deals. It, well, yeah, you're, you're going to save a ton of money. I'm just still trying to. I guess, no, it, maybe it's not. Well, I guess it's Walmart. So here's, here's the thing. It's a, it's a three-way baby. Oh, these are real. It's, it's got elements of Max because it's got all the convenience store goods there. Uh, so chips and like a, a mild aisle of like light groceries, if you will, similar to like what a Max would have. It's got clothes and other like, like other apparel and stuff there, you know, and so, and everything's priced 97, which is very Walmarty. but you know, the vibe I got, and this is bringing back the past. It felt like a, I know what you're going to say did the you? West end and Terralosa. Yes, it felt like a sandstorm. Uh, oh, I love sandstorm. So yeah, it was, it was. I just, I was. I'm still trying to process what happened to Giant Tiger. Are the items how, slightly altered? I don't know. Well, <laughs> how have you not been to the Giant Tiger in the Jaw? And I have. Yeah, it's I don't on know. North Hill. No, it's on North, no, it's Hill. On North Hill. It's Hill, down right? by the train station. By the train tracks. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I've been in there. I don't remember what we needed. Interesting. Huh. There's your giant tiger update. There you go, boys. Yeah. If you want to talk about Poundland, I'm so glad I watched that documentary on the weekend. That is, I do not know any girls. How have we not heard of that sooner in our lives? Was Poundland? It, yeah. Well, I, I've even been to England like a ton. I've never, I would see You're not Tesco like, gee, I wonder where I can get a deal on boots. <laughs> yeah, but you think it'd be in your face. You drive by and see a lot of stuff. Poundland, man. That's what I used to call holding sexual congress. Which happened very infrequently because of my one love pendant. Boys, let's wrap it up. I well, want to talk about the best and the worst of the week. Yeah. My best and my worst are the same thing. This Nike ad with Colin Kaepernick is the best of the week. I don't know when Nike decided they don't need the NFL to be on side with them in business, but I respect the fact they rolled out the NFL's worst enemy after a season that was divided in like no other. When NFL ratings of like approval with Americans plummeted into the ground because of this whole jersey kneeling thing, I respect the shit out of Nike for making Colin Kaepernick the face of their 30th anniversary? 30th or 40th like anniversary that, yeah. of the Just Do It cam- campaign. And on the flip side of your coin? <laughs> the people who are burning their Nike gear. That's what I was going to say. And are racist shitheads. Totally. It really highlights the dividedness of the United States in 2018. Only in the States could you have people burning, cutting the tops off their socks. Big and Rich, you know that country band Big and Rich? I think his name's John Rich. Posted a photo of their sound engineer, who's a Marine, who cut the tops off his Nike socks and then went back to work. And if you read the comments, like it's such a strange issue to get divided on because it's like, you have to support this country and blah, 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 blah. It's a protest. There isn't a single person kneeling that's like, the United States should disband to become a colony again. Like people aren't against, it was, it was, it was uh, over someone being shot. It was over a, a guy being shot that Kaepernick started doing it because it was shot by police. Yeah. And it boggles my mind that people get mad about this. Everybody has a right to protest. 100%. Bag milk, best and worst. I just want to go further your point that I love when these things happen because not only do you see how people's true colors, the morons that are wasting hundreds of dollars burning shoes they've already paid for. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're going into a Nike store, grabbing stuff off the shelves and throwing that into fires. Oh, no. They're going into their own closets and burning the stuff they've already paid for. Remember guys are burning their sense. NFL jerseys last year? Yeah. Remember that? Crazy, man. 
I saw all kinds of Jordans getting burned on Instagram this weekend. It's just like, all right, man, you paid hundreds of dollars for those shoes. You really showed Nike burning them in a fire. Way to go, Brad. Uh, my best of the week is going to Oilers Nation. Why? Because we're having a brunch party to kick off this season, Wanye. That is gentlemanly. <laughs> the Oilers are going to be in Sweden kicking off the season, and the game's at 11 a.m. So what do we do? We're going to throw a brunch party. That's cool. We've never Hell done it yeah. before. Nope. Caesars, little uh, pint brunch. Maybe some hangover jerky. brunch. A little jerky. I we're, we're, making, we're making some calls. I can call Renee. It'll be nice. So I'm going to go ahead and say my best of the week is our great idea of having a brunch party and then the emergency donaire review that will follow shortly after. Yeah, that one should be animated. Colorful. Uh, I would assume. Uh, yeah, I know. A day drunk party. I think uh, we've never taken the nation to that... Uh, to that limit before i think uh i'm excited I, I like the whole like it's it's just got some like kitschy novelty to it you know everyone can get home at a good time recuperate rehydrate you know i think it, it'll be like the 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 party that has no like guilt post guilt associated with it i'm super i'm looking really looking forward to it i think this is gonna be one of the better ones we've ever had yeah and I'm really looking forward to drinking Caesars all morning and uh, meeting a bunch of people. It's going to be a great day. Yeah, Raise some money for Kidsport. Yeah, Kidsport's uh, our charity of choice for this one. So that's, yeah. No, I just, everything about it, just, I'm just like excited. I don't know why. Like we've done, we've been doing parties for years and just kind of how they morph from, you know, 20 people in the back room at Hudson's on Bourbon Street to, now we sell out the pint. Actually, the boys, speaking of Hudson's, with the boys uh, upstairs, we're looking at the very first kind of nation ad you guys did. You guys were in the back of a Hudson's and you're high-fiving. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Jay's got a helmet on. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Oh, jeez. That, that was, that was uh, a high-budget thing we did. Yeah, we rented we, out the Hudson's. Yeah, we had a professional Well, they did. They group. wanted us yeah. to do that. And so yeah. that just that, that showed on all their screens for I remember being years. in the bar on Bourbon Street, and it was on their screen on a loop, yeah. and a girl bag milk, a human woman coming up to me and being like, hey, are you the guy in that ad? And I was like, no. But it, it was Jay. There you go. Yeah. Old Nation commercials. Jay, what is your best of the week? Um, It's, I'm just, it's, 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 it, we've already talked about it, but it's just, you know, I'm speaking from the heart. This is what I think it should be, and I'm just going to repeat what something we've already talked about, and I'm just pumped. The boys are back on the ice, and Connor is looking sexier than ever. Great hair. Great he looks more unis. mature. He looks more like he's got a little bit of scruff going. He's older than the nude. Uh, and he just, I just see a guy who looks convinced. I see a guy who you could – I just like – he's got a look, a focused look. Like he means business. Yeah. And and then also hearing like Davey talking about him last week. I like I like when, was it on the air or off the air when we asked him if he thought that we were all gonna make the playoffs? Is it off the air? That might have been off. Oh, and he's just like, Well, I don't know, but you know, if Connor decides to do anything, they could win the cup. Like <laughs> he's just like I was also impressed by how like reverent like how he was just like Connor McDavid is amazing. It's so good to hear he's a good dude. Oh yeah. It's so good to hear that he's as skilled in practice as he is in the game. Yeah. I love Chalmers telling me, you really love Connor McDavid, Oh, you? I know. I oh, get it. I love Connor. Like, Shut up. I'm trying to ask a guy who just... I like I was I was wearing Oilers apparel. 
interviewing Brandon Davidson, who was spurned by the team, and 20 minutes worth of podcast signed with another team. I'm like, anywho, tell me more about Connor McDavid. Worst of the week, Jay? While you're thinking, I'm going to go. No, ahead. no, I've got it. Okay, I'm just there's a dramatic pause because right. I'm like pregnant pause. Although, because I, I was going to start with saying, where is he? He is skating on the ice, but how come there's no Daryl contract? Please sign Nurse ASAP. Uh, good news for you, Ryan Rashog. This morning on Dusty's show said that he thinks that it's going to be wrapped up here in the next couple of days. As we saw on Instagram, doing a little investigating, seemed like old Daryl was coming back into town last. He's night. on the ice. He's on the ice today. There you go. There you go. So, like, that to me tells me something's happening. But, geez, let's get it done. Worst of the week, obviously, the people of Bonacord. I've <laughs> got beef with Boo you. Boo Bonacord. Boo Bonacord. I was doing that on Bag Milk's behalf. I actually don't feel booze towards Bonacord. I feel no beef towards any of the smaller towns surrounding GBA. So, in, in, in the beef, <laughs> in the West Side story that is Legal versus Bonacord, how does that, like, who is the Edmonton and who is the Calgary? Well, you see, it's unfair. Because Gibbons and Bonacord unite as the GBA. Though, Legal unites with Mournville, who has a bigger population than GBA. So, we were on that side. The weird part about it is when, every, when a crew from one town would roll into the bush party of another. Oh. Mayhem. The stare downs. Always. Brawls, I imagine. Of course there were brawls. You guys from small towns are hard. Well, I used to go, or we used to go to Cowboys a lot. Uh, back in the day, and when the Spruce Grove and Stony Plain crews would come in, whew, look out. Remember the year Blue Chicago and the Stony Plain boys came in for their 23rd party? Wataskin guys, Wataskin. yeah. Wataskin. Mayhem. Full-on brawl. Lost control of the room. I bet. Dave, there uh, they got chip on their shoulder. You know, cars caught less out there. Caused less. <laughs> they got money to, money to throw away because their car was cheap. <laughs> Why, anything else? I What's your worst of the week? Oh, no, you already did it. Colin Kaepernick's people flipping, people flipping out. I right? am listening, I swear. That makes you're one of seven people. All right, boys. I think this is a good one. Dan, structure overall, B, got all the shout-outs. Hopefully in the audio is good. I, I tried to focus to talk directly in the mic the whole time. Yeah. It's really going to – I'm going to have to get a Britney Spears mic, boys, Like especially if there's guests. I'm so nervous that I have to move around. I'd like to see you with a Britney Spears mic. Just kind of like strapped on. You know, one of those? Yeah. I, th- I think that's why I dropped so many F-bombs. It was kind of, it was probably nerves? some nerves talking yeah. to, to Davidson because you oh, don't want to, well, now, hey, this is number three. You don't want to fuck up. Uh, so I just, that was probably my nervous It's tick. funny when he was like, oh, I'm nervous. I'm like, you're nervous. Yeah, why are you interviewing an NHL player despite the fact you wore your underwear inside out accidentally? Well, I was thinking about that too. Like he's walking into a room where he knew, who, he knew Rick who was off mic. He was one of the, like the onlookers. Yeah. yeah. And Rick, shout out, he did all the work for this. Totally. Oh, yeah. But he's walking into a room with a guy who calls himself Wanya and another fuck who calls himself Bag Milk sitting on the couch I staring at I felt really him. embarrassed when we had to like explain it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, and by the way, uh, Brandon, he calls himself Bag Milk over there. And I'm just like, yes. Yeah. And then I'm Wanya and he was like, what? I'm like, I don't know, man. Fuck. I never thought this shit would blow up. <laughs> all right, boys. That was a good one. We'll good see week. you next week. See you later, everybody. Thank you. This has been the Real Life Podcast. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.